Welcome to episode two of Athletics for Life podcast. My name is C.D. Johnson and I'm one of your hosts. My name is Jeff Copes, the other host. Um, so since the last podcast, uh, the school year started, uh, we've been able to start trainings. We are, yeah. Uh, we met as a group of ADs since the last podcast and started to schedule that, but since then we ran into some difficulties and... Uh, yeah. This uh, this year with coronavirus is going to be interesting, I think. Yeah, and it's been it's been it's been great to have the kids back into the gyms and, and, and play in, in a safe way, of course. But the kids really respond well to it, and they just they just needed it to be back together, to play some volleyball, and just to get back into the normal groove of things. So that's been good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's been kind of the one safe haven is the sports hall. <laughs> yeah. You know, just getting the kids in there, and okay, it's time to play some volleyball. Uh, Giving, uh, giving them that opportunity to just release a little bit. And had you had that CD when the kids, when they're playing volleyball, they seem to forget everything and then they come to me like, are we traveling? Are we going to tournaments? And I, I cannot give them any answers yet. But yeah, yeah. It's I good that they forget all that stuff a little bit. That's good. I've just kind of held my tongue some <laughs> on uh, what are the games going to be? What are the tournaments? And just, hey, you'll find out sooner or later. And so that's kind of for us to do behind the scenes to yeah, exactly. make sure that all gets organized well. I did change a lot of the approaches this year where we normally, you know, the, the, the season starts, you have all these normal routines and now we have we don't have those routines. So I tried to make sure extra that they understand what sports are all about. And I see that they react really well to it, actually. The kids are just happy to be back and play and have fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's been really good uh, just starting at a new school. This has kind of been like a double reset button with <laughs> COVID and yeah. uh, at a new school, I can set my own routines and get things going and uh, kind of the way I would like to see them. So it's been it's been a good start to the year so far and, and hopefully things just continue to get smoothed out as the year progresses. Yeah, what's your goal for this year? What would you like to see at the end of the year? Just one tournament or just... By the end of the year, uh, ideally, we would have our three tournaments, volleyball, basketball, football. Locally, yeah. Locally, locally, locally yeah. <laughs> just little local tournaments. Um, and I'd be able to feel the team for each. Uh, from my understanding at the school I'm at now, they've struggled to always have a team. I know sometimes uh, they might have a couple girls playing with the boys or vice versa just to have that full squad. And so my goal is to have that full full team for each sport, under 19 boys, girls, under 15 boys, girls, yeah. and just really start to build an athletics program kind of based on all the things that we're talking about. Yeah, we implement. We, we try to get things back to normal, but we try to implement live streams and you know COVID protocol pro, pro, protocols, and we've been working really well with the other ads to get that done. Uh, we just have to wait for the green lights that we can get actually get started. Yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, we're interviewing some guests. Uh, we're continuing with our show. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna t- we're gonna talk to the executive director of Acumis today, Mr. Tom Almet. And Acumis is the Association of Chinese and Mongolian International Schools. Uh, we also have schools from Hong Kong, uh, Taiwan, uh, Macau. Over seventy schools are involved. Uh, and Acumis is always a highlight. And you've worked at the American schools; yeah. they were part of Acumis. Uh, the kids travel for tournaments and they can travel for all other stuff for um, arts and for music there's loads of stuff robotics competitions and that's all been cancelled for the last months Um, so uh, it's always a highlight for our kids to travel to China some of our kids have never been in an airplane before and they go to China to play sports how cool is that I wish I had that when I was young but lucky kids 
So Tom is so free to and, and, and so generous to be in our podcast today. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk to Mr. Mr. Olmitz and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, you've met him before. I haven't actually had a chance to speak with him. Uh, so it's going to be nice to just hear from uh, one of the leaders of Acromus, this tournament that we've been a part of for so long. Yeah, I met him last time in Nanjing in November for the of October and of October for the volleyball tournament. Not knowing that that will be the last volleyball tournament we had uh, for yeah. a long time. So uh, it's a fourteen hour fourteen hour time difference with Tom. So uh, I hope he's still awake. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um Hey Tom, um, just for anyone uh, watching at home, uh, this is Tom Almut. Uh He is the executive director with Acumis. Um, he uh, you've been with Acumis quite a while, right, Tom? Uh, yes, I uh, I joined Acumis when I was working with YCIS in Shanghai in two thousand two. Oh wow! After a while, I became a board member, and now this is uh, since 2014, I've been executive director. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, um, just quick introductions, because uh, I don't think we've met. I, you might have met Jeff. He had mentioned you were at one of the tournaments. Uh, I'm C.D. Johnson. I was at ASU, uh, the American School of Alamitar, for seven years, and now I'm at the British School. And uh, so I've been around Acumis for quite a while uh, and then been to a few tournaments, the leadership conferences. And so, uh, yeah, it's good to finally get to meet you and kind of talk and hear some of your perspective about Acumis and what, what Acumis is trying to do, how it reaches uh, its goals, and then hopefully get some insights for us as we have some professional development that we're trying to do here as well. Yeah, and... Uh, Tom, I, we I, met the last time we... Oh, sorry. We did see each other in Nanjing. Exactly, last time was November in Nanjing. And uh, before I worked at the International School of Ulamatar, I was at Yudaloi in Zhangchang. Uh, so I've been in Acumis for the last seven years too. And uh, <coughs> we hope to see you again soon, uh, Tom, in face-to-face -face <laughs> in real life. I guess you do. You've been virtual prisoners up there, haven't you? Pretty much, yeah. This border slowly opening, but yeah, uh, slowly, yeah, yeah, bit by bit. And so it's been we'll a very interesting time for us because it's been almost a normal here because the borders were locked up. Um, it's been interesting for us, uh, but we're happy that we're getting back into the routines a little bit. We we've been starting practicing with our kids. Yeah. yeah. We have not officially been given the green light to play interscholastic, but uh, yeah, we try to make things happen for our kids here and to get back to a normal routine. So uh, let's, fi let's hope, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Yeah. Very good. Well, I know you're um, your director at UISB very well. And uh, I believe his daughter was in the tournament last year on the volleyball team. Yes, yes, she was. Yes, yes, she was. She was the captain of the volleyball team. And his son will take that over uh, hopefully soon. <laughs> so we're working on that. Yes, and I, I recall she went on now to university, didn't she? Yeah, she moved to Toronto, and uh, she's doing really well. She's doing really well, yes. <coughs> okay. Very good. Should talk a little bit about our podcast? What we want yeah, to so uh, Jeff and I, this, is, this will be episode two of our podcast, uh, Athletics for Life. And essentially what we're trying to do is 
grow sports culture here in Mongolia. Um, there, there are a lot of high quality sports uh, here, but we're trying to come at it more from like an educational based athletics uh, philosophy. philosophy where the kids are learning lessons through sports. Uh, it's not just training to win, to train to win. Uh, it's all the things that come along with sports. And then also trying to connect the dots between uh, parents, athletes, coaches, uh, and just try to build a strong foundation here in Mongolia and slowly spread outwards. Uh, similar to what Acumus does with uh, a lot of the PD that it offers uh, through uh, leadership training or you know even some non-sports related things but you know just looking at the Acumus website and its mission and being involved in Acumus tournaments you can tell it's not just about that trophy right it's not just about winning the tournament there's a lot more that comes with with those tournaments and so that's kind of what we're trying to do here is just be that sounding board for uh, education-based athletics and, and growing sport. That's great. I had two uh, children who competed in, in uh, Acoma sports, uh, three sports each, I believe. And uh, so I've attended many, many Acomus events and have enjoyed them all. It's uh, amazing to see these tournaments in place and knowing all the effort that goes into organizing a tournament. I'm really grateful to the host schools and the ADs who were able to do all that work and put it on. So Tom, the if Akinus started as a as an athletics based uh, organization, but it grew into so much more. How did that come about? What was the, the steps you guys took in that? Well, we have a really enlightened board of directors, and uh, I've had the privilege of working with uh, this particular board for uh, five years now. Um, and they set the vision for the organization. And fortunately, uh, they've really latched onto the original vision that the founders had. There were seven original founders of Acomus uh, in 1999, and uh, first actual meeting took place in 2000. And these people really were trying to build a unique professional development organization that um, could meet the needs of the schools and also fill the voids that were evident in the region at the time. So it was just a matter of time before we grew from 35 schools in 2010 to 77 now. That's a lot, yeah. And when we did that, we realized that there was a greater need among the schools for professional development. Mm -hmm. So we created, uh, we've always had the Chinese conference as our mainstay and the spring leadership conference that uh, most of you attend yep. Yep. for the business meetings and, and organizing things. Uh, but we've also added about 20 workshops through PD Academia. They're, they tend to focus on um, events for support staff and uh, auxiliary services that are vital to maintaining the operations of the schools. 
And then we added an early childhood education conference, a technology conference, which is about to go in October, we hope. <laughs> and um, another of the main problems that we have within our member schools, and that is English language learners. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if we can help people to better understand the learning needs of the students, uh, with English and Chinese, then uh, it'll be a big advantage for all those teachers, the veterans who know so much having learned it, and they're sharing what they know uh, with the new people who come in annually. Yeah, that's uh, that was one of the big selling points. I just pitched Akamis to the new school that I'm at, uh, the British school, and one of the big points that I kind of promoted was the fact that with a lot of these PDs, it hits many areas that are usually underserved in a, an average school PD session. Um, you know, you've got the leadership conference which gets your athletic directors. You know, as an athletic director in most uh, routine PD days, there's not a lot directed towards me and helping me do my job. Uh, you know, same with early childhood. You know, a lot of those teachers would have to come uh, and learn about reading strategies, but that's more directed towards maybe upper elementary and secondary. And so I think that Acomus does a good job of filling those voids uh, where maybe the schools on their own couldn't or struggle to. That's right. Um, as an organization, as a, as a group, we can uh, really do much more. Now, part of the key to this is getting good people involved. Mm -hmm. And the board really bought into the idea of conference planning committees very early on. Um, so we have um, teams of experts who are carefully selected from within our member schools to determine what the agenda and the program will be for each of these conferences. And there are about six members on each of these conference planning teams. And they are so committed to this. And it turns out that they actually gain so much from being on the planning committees that it's like an ongoing professional development experience for them. For sure. And many of them have gotten the confidence to, uh, well, many of them have developed their own leadership skills and then gotten the confidence to move up into leadership positions, mm. uh, which in international schools in general is... Uh, a great need. We need to be able to move people up, have them grow and learn and, mm -hmm. and move up within the organizations to maintain the kind of continuity and commitment to their philosophy and objectives. Tom, do you feel that by the growth of Acumis from an athletics starting point to doing multiple things that your mission and vision has strengthened and has has it developed over the time, or it, it kept it stayed the same, and it's 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 been pushed into these different areas, just the sports philosophy, because that's what Akamai started with, right? Well, you know, we have two great leaders of the sports program, uh, uh, Danny Clark at Nanjing International School and Darren Scove at BCIS in Beijing, and they pull together all of the details and make recommendations. The sports group is really unusual within Acumis because we've always trusted them explicitly <laughs> to do good things. 
uh, for students and for schools and for our organization. And we always listen very carefully to the recommendations that come from those who attend the AGM at the annual general meeting uh, at the Spring Leadership Conference. Yeah. And Danny and I particularly, and Darren most recently, have um, gone back a long way. And they are always trying to find ways to uh, make improvements. And for example, at one point, we offered only the core sports, volleyball, basketball, and football, soccer. Mm -hmm. But now we have a total of 14 sports in Acumas. I mean, that's just incredible. And, if, and I have looked all around the world at other professional development organizations and or professional organizations, I should say, membership organizations like ours, and there is no one else that does what we do. And part of the reason is that it's so complicated. <laughs> it takes time, right? It takes time to grow something that's worthwhile. <laughs> Indeed. But it's also crossing borders that are normally not crossable easily. Um, and there are the political dimensions are <laughs> enormous as well when you figure uh, the just the transportation difficulties of getting to and from Mongolia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or vice versa. We got to go to China three times a year, so getting those visas is uh, sometimes a hassle. Yes, I know. And standing in line for uh, five hours at a time in the minus twenty temperatures is yeah. a very pleasant yeah. task. Uh, so we have great admiration for what you guys are doing up there uh, and the commitment that you have to it. But I think in time, um, and perhaps not too much time, when the new airport opens and mm -hmm. there are additional flights going in and out, that will become easier. Uh, you'll be able to transport to other points other than directly uh, having to go through Beijing each time yep. and yep. doing overnights. And, and I think the, the travel part will be uh, come much easier. And not only that, but it will be easier for other division members to go into Mongolia. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, because Akinis is still the Association of Mongolia and Chinese International Schools, so that Mongolia part needs to be represented. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Uh, I mean, Tom, you guys very skillfully put Mongolia in ahead of China. <laughs> Amicus. <laughs> <laughs> Just change it to Amicus there, yes. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> uh, Tom, I'm curious, you said you had a couple kids go through uh, sports and they played multiple sports. Um, from a parent's perspective, what did you see your kids gain from uh, not only Akamas tournaments, but just sports in general? Well, uh, I think the uh, a good starting point there is that um, I was deeply involved in sports through my school life. Mm -hmm. And uh, my wife was as well. My wife is from Japan. Our kids are bilingual, trilingual now, actually, uh, Chinese, Japanese, and English. Uh, sometimes I think they're equally improficient in all three languages. <laughs> but uh, our love of sports introduced them to um, the fundamentals of sports at a very early age. And 
They had changed schools several times during my working career, mm -hmm. uh, which wasn't always easy. Uh, and uh, do you have children? Yeah, I have uh, two little girls, uh, year, two years old and uh, about six months old. Right. Well, then you will, uh, when they start uh, entering uh, primary school and moving up the ladder, you will realize that uh, being the child of uh, a faculty member is not an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you end up having, uh, if you have 60 teachers in a school, you have 60 additional parents and everybody's watching you all the time. So I think that was the hardest thing that my children had to cope with. And so uh, sports was a real release from that because they could just let everything else go, uh, forget everything else and have a good time. If you, you clear their minds, mm -hmm. you have a good time. For sure. But ultimately what they gained from it was a camaraderie, uh, teamwork, Character building. There were so many issues that uh, they had to sort out um, when trying to follow rules and um, be a good teammate and for sure support uh, fellow students who get into difficulties from time to time. And so the growth experience is really tremendous for anyone who participates in sports. Um, from an activist viewpoint, as we were in Shanghai, there is a, a wide range of sports opportunities that exist there already, and, um, a, and primary school uh, competition program called CISSA, and then as they grow into secondary school, it's SSIA, um, and they participated in those two uh, ongoing things during the year. But I was always amazed that even though they had a Shanghai local sports tournament, their focus and their aim was on Aculus. They could not wait to go to an Aculus tournament. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't wait to interact with the other uh, teams and, and kids that they met at previous uh, tournaments. And when you go to an Aculus tournament and you hear the cheering and the way that everybody treats each other so much with respect and they're cheering just as loud for the teams that don't do as well, uh, the sportsmanship in, this, in these kinds of tournaments is just fantastic. It's, it's unparalleled, really. Mm -hmm. And everyone comes away feeling good and wanting to go back again. Yeah, it was definitely the pinnacle of our sports season at uh, at ASU. It was something the kids really looked forward to, you know, uh, not only for the tournament, but to get out of Mongolia and do some shopping as well in some of the, the Beijing stores and the Shanghai stores. But you could definitely tell like the kids who had been multiple years had made those connections with other kids. We've been in the same division for a while, and and you know now in today's day and age with the smartphones and Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, I mean they're all connected and watching each other throughout the year and keeping track of how their seasons are going and you know kind of building that excitement for the sports tournament whenever it happens. So it is really cool to see.
Yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's especially those kids who play multiple sports, they see their friends multiple times a year. It's, it's those one-sport athletes who actually go for that tournament, uh -huh. and these kids who go multiple times. So that's why we try to push in multiple sport participation, right? To play the whole year different sports, and it's, very, it's lovely to see. And when, and when the kids came back September 1st, Tom, the first thing they asked me, the, the players, what, do we go to Hong Kong in, in, in November? I'm like... I'm not sure. So that's what they want. That's all I care about. It's, 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 yeah, it's lovely to see. Yes. Well, um, Bill Elman is one of our board directors, and he and I are talking about, or we'll be exploring uh, different ways that we can have student involvement in Mongolia. Um, adding on an enrichment, an enrichment day or two. Yeah. If you take all the time to, to spend the money and uh, invest the time in the travel to get there, uh, my feeling is that they should be able to learn something about the country and uh, have a unique, one of the unique Mongolian experiences, whether it's staying in New York or seeing the eagles or mm -hmm. going up to the uh, gigantic statue of uh, Chinggis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that uh, there's there's uh, a lot to be gained yeah, from exactly. some additional uh, involvement in Mongolia. We did it two years ago, we went to Macau, and there's only flights to Hong Kong on, on certain days, so we had to go early, and we spent a day uh, which was hosted by Bing Han from TIS in Macau, and the kids still remem remember that trip, not about the, the, the results or the wins or whatever, but they saw Macau. Some of these kids have never been overseas before. So yeah, it's, it's the experience that we value and yeah. Oh, you're right. And that brings me to another point. Uh, uh, many of our members in China are schools for children of foreign nationals. So they do not have local students enrolled in them. But uh, in Mongolia, of course, there is no such category. So you have a lot of local students and it would be a, an eye-opening experience for them to be able to uh, get out and see other parts of the world. Tom, with all these things going on in the world right now, how do you see the next two, three years for Acumis, especially on the sports side of it? What's your, what, what are your wishes, your hopes? Well, you're asking this at a, <laughs> at a poignant moment. I know, sorry. <laughs> uh, things that are going on and uh, uh, the world is uh, a different place than it was 10 years ago, uh, economically, politically, and uh, health-wise now. Uh, we have a tremendous opportunity, and, and actually, uh, not knowing uh, that you were doing this, you uh, have inadvertently set a new trend here. Um, so we're going to be converting our technology conference through the use of technology to um, a, a virtual experience uh, for those who are outside of Guangdong province mm -hmm. and uh, allow our other member schools and all the teachers in it if they wish to take part in a one-day technology conference um, that will be live streamed. 
And our keynote speaker is Rushton Hurley from the United States, who is one of the top technology gurus in the world. Um, so it will be a new trend for us to try to go in that direction and see what we can do with it. I don't know. Um, we have to get first beyond the Chinese New Year, uh, the Chinese October holiday, mm -hmm. the Moon Festival holiday, uh, when people typically travel a lot outside the country, but I think that's going to stop a lot this year. We'll soon see. Uh, we still have something like 2,000 teachers and dependents who are stranded outside the United, outside of China, uh, many of them in the United States, and can't get flights to come into China and, and can't get the COVID test that they need before they enter. So I think the first thing we have to do is try to get all the teachers back, return to some semblance of normalcy, mm -hmm. uh, the online learning has been different uh, in a wide range of schools, um, some better than others, but I think also greatly appreciated by the parents who have been stranded abroad as well. Mm -hmm. We have about 450,000 people, parents, new employees, uh, foreign citizens who are trying to re-enter China, and I'm sure that the number isn't that high in Mongolia, but it probably could be 50,000 or so and that are still trying to get back in. So this has really hampered everything that all the schools are trying to do. And I'm so just so proud of the teachers in all these schools who have, are giving so much extra, like you guys are doing with this podcast. Um, to try to make things function when 40% of their students are in another country and they're doing online learning with those students in a different time zone. And there's a 14-hour time difference between where you are and where I am. Yeah, yeah. And then we have the new teachers who haven't been able to enter yet at all because they're giving priority to uh, returning teachers with mm -hmm. residents work permits from before. So there are probably about a thousand of those teachers who are replacing people who left. And they've been trying to hang on since March. I mean, it's incredible dedication. And of course, they are trying to cope with the same situation in reverse, wherever they're located. They're trying to teach students within the school in either Mongolia or China. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's a very complex thing. And all of our efforts have been devoted to try to uh, uh, help schools get through this particular period. Hopefully, I can't uh, say enough about how uh, Mongolia and China have, and Hong Kong have uh, coped with the um, coronavirus. Uh, they've virtually stopped it in its tracks now. And uh, the danger, of course, is re-importing it from people who come back. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have to be very careful there. And 
uh, if all works out and travel restrictions are reduced after the October holidays, then we will go step by step and see if we can reintroduce uh, basketball and, and uh, some of the winter sports uh, as we go into January and February. And hopefully the outbreak will, there will be no further outbreaks and this thing will be contained and uh, we can uh, get back to some good old face-to-face -face competitions. Yeah, definitely. I think you, you outlined pretty well a lot of the stress that the schools are going through. And definitely the kids feel that too in their own way. You know, maybe not, they're not worried about teachers crossing borders and, and that sort of stuff, but they're definitely stressed. Uh, so I think now more than ever, uh, sports or at least an outlet for these kids to just kind of, like you said, put it all aside and forget about it and just be able to have a good time. Um, you know, it'll be our job to make sure that they're safe uh, with coronavirus, with uh, trainings and whatnot, but uh, just so that way they can get back to some sense of normal and, and uh, kind of move past a lot of this. Uh, St. Tom, we're running close to, the, uh, to our time. Uh, we have a, a Coaches for Coaches PD session coming up uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, Jeff and I are organizing that, and so we're trying to get... Uh, it's like a little mini Acumas where we're getting our experts and they're giving uh, presentations to other coaches. Um, we're just wondering if you have any tips or uh, maybe challenges that Acumas has gone through that we can avoid um, uh, as we go into kind of our first PD session uh, just for coaches and athletic administrators here. Well, I'm very glad to hear that you're taking that kind of initiative. I think that's a, a good thing. I hope you'll keep Danny and Darren uh, informed, <coughs> if not involved in some way. Um, I think from a, a, an overall perspective, one of the biggest changes that we made came about maybe two or three years ago when we changed to the division representatives uh, types of meetings, which removed so much of this ongoing elongated debate and long meetings, uh, trying to sort out everything in front of everybody. Uh, and when you when you do that with uh, uh, 65 to 77 coaches present, it's, it's very hard to conduct a meeting like that. So the division representatives has made a big impact and what that's going to do in the future is to condense the amount of meeting time that's needed at the spring leadership conference and also allow for you guys to build in some professional development and um, you know offer your suggestions for what might be needed or what you want and uh, then we'll see how we can uh, bring that expertise to your uh, to your meetings. Yeah, so we try, Tom, we try to slowly get that educational-based philosophy into the wider Mongolian community because the difference between the international schools and the club system here is, is 180 degrees different. So we learned that you got to start small and you got to get people together. So we have 30 coaches, PE teachers, ADs uh, coming together. We have 12 workshops from
ACL till uh, uh, injury prevention till child protection in athletics till professional development. So we have a, have a wide variety, um, and we hope to grow that. But it starts with a few people get, get, get getting together, and then we hope that it goes out a little bit, um, and to hopefully maybe get some more academic schools involved too mm-hmm. than only Mongolian schools. So right, and uh, if if some of these things are done virtually, it certainly would be possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the big trend now. I yeah. <laughs> uh, I keep hearing two types of comments. Can you do something for us online? And please don't do anything more online. We're all zoomed out. <laughs> yeah. 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 We have it here too. And we have people getting together. And then there's one or two people there are remote. And they're like, ah, oh, we've got to set up a Zoom for them. It's, it, it, it's an extra layer of work to, to get people connected. But we have to try to get people connected. It's important. And then, of course, uh, politics enters into that as well. Uh, about uh, 10 days ago, uh, <clears throat> the U.S. government made a final pronouncement that Zoom will no longer operate in China. So, <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> you built something and then it's taken away. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it develops. Yeah, like you said, that one step at a time and just keep keep moving forward and then hopefully sooner or later we'll be back to back to some sense of normal. Yeah. yeah. But I think anyone who comes to this part of the world to teach and do good things for others has to have a real sense of pioneering spirit, uh, flexibility, adaptability. Um, creativity and uh, inner strength that just keeps them going through all of the difficult setbacks because there's nothing routine in uh, in what we do in international education and the longer people are in it the stronger they become and the more they have to offer and the more honestly the more difficult it is for them to go back to their original environments yeah, definitely. I think uh, you, you summed it up pretty well there at the end, Tom. Uh, that was, that's right. essentially how I felt teaching internationally. So um, we appreciate your time. Uh, it's been great talking to you, and hopefully we can continue uh, just to learn more. And fingers crossed that we'll be able to actually meet face-to-face sooner rather than later, uh, with, especially now that Zoom, you won't be able to use Zoom when you're back in China. So. Well, there's creativity all over the place. China has already uh, created their own version of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which they now call Zomo. So, Zomo. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Perfect. They changed one letter. Uh, <laughs> almost like you guys did with Acomis. Yeah, exactly. I think we should do that, actually. Yeah, Tom, we want to thank you so much. Uh, for your time and for your time for to, to be with us today and uh, we will finish up our podcast and then we'll send you the first version of it so you can see and check it out for yourself and then we hope that we can share it also through the Acumis system uh, to just to connect it's, it's not it's not about us it's about connecting the kids to create a, a bigger community and to share the philosophy and uh, that's the most important reason why we started this podcast Well, I think it's a great idea. Connecting is what we should all be about. Uh, We have so many different types of schools, but uh, 
so many things in common that that we that we need to build on. And I hope for uh, for me, by the way, this has been a very enjoyable experience, and I want to thank you for inviting me to take part, and hope that uh, we all remember that. Um, Learning should be fun, and that uh, our sports and competitions are meant to be engaging. Uh, but in the end, we want people to have an enjoyable experience and a good social experience as well. That's perfect. Thanks a lot, Tom. Thank you so much, Tom. We appreciate it. Good evening. Very good. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. All right, so we just finished up with uh, Mr. Olman. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks, for your Tom. Time. Uh, I thought it was great. It was really easy to talk to him. Uh, he gave us some insights. Definitely give us just a nice picture of what Acumus is all about. Yeah. And uh, you know, we've been able to experience that, but I think he put it into words really well. Yeah, exactly. And especially the part where he talks about making these tournaments, the sports tournaments, valuable for the kids. Not only the sports, but as for us, we go to a different country. Right, mm -hmm. and making it valuable for the kids when they travel that they get something out of it that's not only sports related but just holistically for the kids that they yeah. remember 10 years down, down, down the line right yeah I was pretty bummed this last year uh, you know we had organized we were going to host the basketball tournament yeah and so we had five schools all very eager to come to Mongolia uh, we had organized a cultural day before the tournaments even began to get them out to the countryside in the freezing cold of February in Mongolia, but they were going to go out, see the Chinggis statue, have some Mongolian-ish food, um, and just get to kind of experience, like Tom said, some of those unique Mongolian experiences because, you know, for us, yeah, we get to go to China and it's new for a lot of our kids that maybe have never hopped on a plane, but even some of the really well-traveled expat kids and some of the schools that we go to, chances are they haven't been to Mongolia and yeah. it's such a unique place that we're in. Uh, and so I was really excited to share that with the other schools, the other coaches, ADs, students, um, and pretty bummed when we ultimately had to cancel it and, and call it off. But, uh, you know, hopefully down the line as things go back to normal, uh, students will have that opportunity again in the future if, if Mongolia gets to host or when, when Mongolia gets to host a tournament. Yeah, and I think as, for us as ADs, right, that the whole sports part of it, we have that under control. Yeah. What can we offer extra to the kids that are coming over? And I was just saying in there with the talk with, with Mr. Almond about when we went to Macau, about how they, how the kids engage in all these little cultural things and that they got so much out of it. So the, the sports were almost not as important anymore. We went to Macau, how cool mm -hmm. was that? And we went there and we saw this. So. That's something we can look into in the future. Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes even uh, you almost have to reel them back in to make sports so important. Like, you guys, guys, it's not all about shopping at McDonald's. We have a tournament to go to. Um, exactly. But uh, just that they do get a lot more out of it. And, you know, just a uh, quick story from, from our perspective. When we went to volleyball tournaments and soccer tournaments, so many of the kids had made close friends with schools, with kids at other schools. Uh, they kept up on Instagram and Twitter and then like it was just really cool to sit back and watch them just oh hey, hey what's up hey how's it going like you're going to be playing against each other in 20 minutes but they're like hey how's it going how's school going you know where are you going next year for the seniors they're not talking about where they're going to university you know it's really cool and it's kind of it yeah, illustrates exactly. the points that we're trying to get across that it's more than just 
the trophy or more than just winning. And they become friends. It's an opportunity for them to see their friends, not to play. And it's especially those multiple sport athletes. They yeah, yeah. they play volleyball, they see their friends, and I'm like, okay, we're going to see you guys back in January. And those one sport athletes, they sometimes tend to go more towards the tournament to yeah, play, yeah, yeah. Um, which is fine too in a way, but you want to, you know, you push that holistic view of mm-hmm. you're going to play hard, but when the game is over, you try to connect with each other. And the word connect is very important uh, after our talk with Tom about connecting in these difficult times. Yep. We try to do that with our podcast to connect and we're hosting a coaches professional development very soon here in Mongolia uh, to support and push and, and to share our philosophy. And uh, Tom gave us some really good tips. Yeah, one thing that I think we can uh, try to implement is just taking a virtual, right? And if we can, try to organize it so that way we can get some video of our different PD sessions to share with people. Yeah. Um, they're not incredibly long. I think they're 15, 20 minutes, just uh, straight into the point. A lot of our sessions, some on like ACL tears and how to manage injuries, the importance of pre-participation, yes. uh, physical exams. Um, on child protection and athletics. Child protection, yes. you know, so a lot of good workshops that we have. And, you know, originally we were just thinking, okay, our, our coach is here. How can we help them? Yeah. But I think that if we record those and we can share those, um, you know, we could potentially reach this broader audience that we're, we're trying to get to. And that's also how Acumen started, right? So they started small. Yeah. And then as in, with an athletics philosophy, and they grew into multiple venues, what they do in PD for the Chinese language, and, and then we had tech, and the technology, so it grew bigger and bigger. I think for our, for, for our first coaches PD, it needs to be small and try to make little connections here and there, yeah. and then, it, then it can grow. And it's all about sharing, but I think the most important thing for us, for me to organize it, is actually to get people together, yeah. to connect, right? Yeah. So meeting people from other schools. I've never seen some of these people who are coming over and it's all good, it's good to share. Um, so we, we, we try to ask everyone to, if, do, do you want to do a workshop? And it's not that they, that they're scared of it, but just try. Try yeah. to share something that you want to share with the other people that could help them and help our kids. And one of the benefits of being at an international school is <clears throat> you're, you're working with colleagues who have taught all over the world. Yeah, true. Um, you know, I've, I've only been in Mongolia other than the United States, but, you know, I have colleagues who've taught in China, in uh, the Middle East, in Africa, in South America. And so it's a lot of different perspectives, right? And it might not even be something that they've done, but it might be something that their coworker at this other school did, and they really thought that went well. And so they reached out to them, got their info, and now they're sharing it with exactly. us. And so it's, uh, it's pretty cool in that aspect one of the perks of being at this international school in this international setting. Yeah. And then when you multiply that by, you know, BSU, ASU, ISU, all, you know, all of our schools that are coming together, that's, you know, I, I would be surprised if there were many countries that we haven't had somebody teach at or don't exactly. have some connection with. Um, so yeah, for me, that's cool. And Tom was talking about his, his support, <clears throat> the support from the board. Yeah. So I think for our coaches, PD, is that you have to have the support from your administration to organize that. Um, so talk with them what, about the philosophy and, and get a like good structure behind you to organize that, which makes our life so much easier. Yeah. So that's very important. Yeah, for sure. So with that, uh, for us, we've got our Coaches for Coaches PD session coming up. Uh, if all goes according to plan, we'll be able to share that with you, the viewers, the listeners. Uh, so if you're interested, you can check that out on any of our sessions. We're planning to have 12 sessions. 
that we offer our coaches. So uh, again, fingers crossed that we'll be able to share those 12 sessions with you. Um, challenge for us, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, in the future, we're, we're trying to get some good guests on, both with ties in Mongolia and uh, internationally. We've got some ideas for uh, future shows coming up. But always the idea is to have guests that share the philosophy yep. that can teach our kids, our coaches, our parents about mm -hmm. what it's all about. Um, so please get in touch if you have any, any, any questions. Uh, go to our YouTube page. And uh, yeah, thank yep. you for watching. Thanks for watching and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.